fantasy football picks and bets on the Mayo Media Network, sponsored by Prize Picks. If you hit the description right now, you'll get a match bonus at PrizePicks.com through our link, or just use code MMN when you make your first deposit. Then you'll get a match deposit up to $100. And if you follow the prize picks, either from golf or the NFL preseason from this show last Wednesday evening, you won some bucks. Cody Main will be back this week to break down even more NFL preseason for the prize picks over-unders in the fantasy props, plus the best DraftKings plays for the Thursday night. We got two Thursday night games this time around, so an even bigger slate to work with. So we're very excited about that because he was dead on on how he saw the playing time shake out in terms of the unders on a lot of these actual names that you're familiar with. I know that we already had week one with the Steelers and the Cowboys, but it's going to be week one for a lot of teams. So don't expect to see a ton of your most notable names on the field for any extended period of time. So it could be under city. You just got to fade maybe two touchdowns and two drives from these guys or just hope that it's a rushing touchdown if they get near the goal line or just hope they don't score a touchdown especially from a quarterback perspective as that has paid huge dividends so far paying out three times your money so go to prizepicks.com right now use the link in the description or code mmn at your deposit and you'll be good to go smash the like button for this video subscribe to mayo media network by the way and if you're looking for new coaching hires no buzz players all of the rankings you can find that up on mayo media network's youtube channel or the pat mayo experience audio podcast feed and if you want to get into a draw for some bucks i'm giving the money away next week we need some more reviews to up that price pool we're already at a thousand dollars of cash giveaways that we're going to be doing if you've done it already don't worry you're still on the draw but hit the description fantasy football picks and bets on apple Podcasts. subscribe to that leave a five-star rating and review in your twitter handle or email address and you're in a draw to win those bucks we'll be announcing it like i said on next week's show. Let's get into the news from the weekend and a bit of Monday so far. Obviously, news changes so often, so stay tuned to Mayo Media Network for the latest spin on everything. But I want to start with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has returned to practice after being on the pup list. I had initially moved him down in my rankings, and I still have him right there in the rankings. Uh, Number 14 overall, still top 10 at running back right now, but it's nice to see that he has improved himself enough to get back on the practice field. It was one of those things where it felt like a... Lower expectations of what's going to happen. They were like, oh, he could return weeks one through three in the regular season. If he's starting to practice now, chances are he's probably going to go in week one, even if it is on somewhat of a limited basis, splitting time with Devontae Booker. So I'm not quite as bullish as I was on Barkley, but it is worth reminding people that you know, Le'Veon Bell missed four weeks in the season and still ended up as a top three running back. What you have to do, especially in the first few weeks in your redraft, season-long fantasy leagues at least, is... Remember that it's your running back plus the running back spot that you fill. So even if you can't play Barkley, let's say the first two, let's say he misses the first two weeks, which I do not expect him to do. There are plenty of replacements, at least early in the season, to fill that running back slot with. Because it's not just Saquon Barkley, how many points did he score for your fantasy team? If he doesn't play, I mean, you're not playing him. So those points don't count towards your team. You have to think of it as Saquon Barkley plus fill-in running back that you have. So even if it's someone like... 
Gus Edwards or Raheem Mostert for two weeks to start the season, when no teams are on by, you should know all of the injury reports going in, that you can piece that together a lot easier than if you lost someone midseason or at the end of the season. The beginning of the season is the easiest time to patch work together your running back position if you want to wait on a stud. Now, the way that I have it shaking down in the running back rankings right now, he's one spot behind Nick Chubb. Now, all things being equal, everyone is healthy, everyone is in the position that they're in. Yes, I want Barkley over Chubb, but I've been coming around to Nick Chubb over the course of the past two weeks or so. I just see him as a very high floor running back. He's... And it would take a Kareem Hunt injury and really to propel him up because then he'll be involved in the receiving game. He's no longer going to be splitting work. But even in someone in a split situation, he's still looking at like 60, 65% of the carries. He's going to monopolize most of the goal line work and he's going to touch the ball between 15 and 22 times a game. It's pretty good for a running back one when that's your floor. Should anything happen to the other guy, he is one of the few running backs who can vault himself up into that 25 touch sphere, which is rarefied air. Now, that's something where Barkley should be if he's 100% healthy. So I've been trying to think through how much injury risk I want to wait on this. And I look at his prize picks right now for this season. You see Nick Chubb rushing touchdowns, 11 and a half. I don't know if I love that. You see Berkeley right here, nine and a half over under rushing touchdowns for the season. The Giants don't seem like they're going to be very good. I'm not going to lie to you. At least that's my read on it. Maybe I'm wrong. When you look at their win total at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, it's not super high, but they can be playing from behind in a lot of these games. Plus, you always have to deal with the added element of Daniel Jones actually utilizing his leg. So he's going to steal some of the rushing touchdowns from Saquon Barkley. Not enough to you wouldn't draft Barkley or anything like that. It's not a situation like it's Josh Allen with the Bills running backs where he legitimately just takes every valuable goal line carry. Saquon Barkley is going to be fine in that regard. I just don't like... Touchdowns are so fickle. Unless you see a really low, low number, I wouldn't be keen to hit the over on. Najee Harris, actually, at 7.5 is a number I do like going the over with. But So let's go to rushing yards and see where Berkeley rates out here. 1,175. Yes, there's 17 games, but let's just say worst-case scenario, not beyond any other injury throughout the course of the year. We're dealing with a situation right now where even if he's limited for two games, let's just chalk him up for 60 yards in each of those games. So what are we looking at over the course of 17 seasons? What's a good number we can average out for him? So let's say, you know, he gets 50 to 60 those first two games and he gets like 80 in the rest. Let's call it 75 for the year. And that would leave him over his number, 75, at 1,275 for the season. So that would be a slight over. The number seems low, but that is a pretty lofty total that doesn't really factor in much of any other injury. Now, he's already he's coming off a major injury. Seems to be still dealing with this injury. And hopefully they do allow him the time to fully recover before thrusting him into this primary role in the Giants' offense. However, we do know that a lot of his fantasy value, at least, is tied up in how many catches he might end up with by the end of the year and then the totals that he puts up from there whether it be receiving yards or receiving touchdowns that's a big part of the overall upside of Saquon Barkley going into the 2021 fantasy season so I don't know if they will want to rely on him and give him like 22 23 24 carries a game that might get distributed a little bit more with designed passing plays in this offense which are not going to help you towards the rushing total that you're going to see for the end of the year so that's sort of a meh Fantasy prop over under at 11.75. I can make a pretty compelling case, I think, for the over. I just kind of said he averages 75 rushing yards a game. He's well over that by 100 yards. And that's even kind of factoring in that you think that he would get more after the first few weeks once he's fully healthy. But one injury 
and you miss two weeks, and that under is so firmly in play that I think that's going to be a stay away for me. But in terms of relative fantasy value, he's been dropping down ADP. You can now secure Saquon Barkley towards the back end of the first round, at least in drafts done over the weekend in the NFC versus you know early second round in some leagues because people are going to be scared about this but the more positive news that comes out the more news that he's going to vault back up so i'm pretty curious to think i want to hear where you would actually have barkley right now knowing this new information i think i asked this last week so it'd be fun to juxtapose the position of how the sentiment towards barkley has shifted over the past seven days or so now knowing like oh he's gonna miss some time oh now he's returning off the pup list and he could be ready for week one where would you feel comfortable and leave that in the comment section drafting Saquon Barkley this season in half point PPR leagues is it pick number five is it pick number 10 I'm talking overall here because there are receivers and potentially even Travis Kelsey that you might want to put in above him so uh, I'm pretty wishy-washy on the Saquon Barkley fantasy or prize picks fantasy prop over under so that's just gonna be a stay away for me at this point I think there are other ones. We've already went through those. Jeff Radcliffe and I really hammered down on a trifecta, which we posted last week for a season-long prize picks total. It pays five times your money if it ends up hitting. So hopefully I can dig up another one today and we can play that one and win some bucks off of it. Once again, in the description, if you do want to make that deposit, you'll get up to $100 of a match. So you deposit $100, bucks, we will give you 100 bucks to play on top of that. So I highly recommend that you go do that right now. Deshaun Watson is back at practice. Now, it was only like a half practice because he apparently he was dealing with a calf and ankle injury, which held him out last week, or he just didn't want to practice. One of the two. But he has returned. And I don't know what to make of this, to be perfectly honest with you. I never thought that he would play for the Texans. Texans beat reporters. John McClain, diehard, was even talking about that he never thought that he would see Deshaun Watson in a Texans uniform ever again in a regular season game. But here we are, and he's practicing for the Texans, yucking it up with the GM. We still have no idea how the allegations surrounding him are going to play itself out in terms of a commissioner's exemption list. Will he be suspended? Or are we just going to turn up and it's going to be week one and the Texans have Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback? It feels like that could be in play. All these rumors about him going to the Philadelphia Eagles seem to be gone by the wayside at this moment we reported last week i mean i didn't report it but it was reported last week that the texans weren't even returning phone calls at this point and i theorize that maybe it's because someone cut their power lines or they didn't pay their bill because it's the texans organization it's a bunch of olds and when you're dealing with a bunch of olds that means they're not doing online banking they're not getting online billing they gotta wait for that to come so if they missed their first payment or maybe their check got sent to the wrong address when they tried to pay their phone bill maybe that's why they're not returning calls i don't know So this situation is super dicey. So at the back end of fantasy drafts, even in redraft leagues, where you probably only need to have one quarterback that I listen, I I prefer Trey Lance and Justin Fields as safer type of options as late round picks who are eventually going to play that you could potentially use this year on your fantasy teams. But if it comes down between a backup tight end, a seventh receiver, a ninth running back, however the hell you end up drafting or Deshaun Watson in the first round, just don't draft a defense. Don't draft a kicker right now. Draft Deshaun Watson in the last round. Just see what happens in two weeks time. If he's not practicing, it's very clear that he's not going to play. Just cut him pick up a defense at that time that's one trick you can really utilize to your advantage in season-long fantasy drafts that you don't have to fill out your finalized week one roster in the preseason when you go into your draft i I know some places make you do that which sucks now if you play in any sort of league that doesn't make you do that don't draft a kicker and unless there's a defense you really love for their week one matchup that you need to get right now 
don't draft those later because people get hurt in the it's a great spot for handcuffs for backups like Deshaun Watson upside flyers that we just don't have any information about at the moment at least concrete solidified information that we know what's going to happen with them utilize those bench spots those are valuable bench spots and again if it doesn't come to fruition in two three weeks time you're sitting there the you know on September 6th being like huh looks like Deshaun Watson is not playing then drop him and just pick up a kicker or pick up a defense, whatever it is you need to do. But right now, utilize those bench spots with Deshaun Watson. The upside is just too high in case he ends up playing. I personally do not think that he's going to play, but I'm wrong all the time. Why wouldn't I take this potential huge upside situation for absolutely free at the moment? Now, if he starts becoming costly in your fantasy drafts, that is an entirely different situation. So you might have to figure that part out. Baltimore Ravens news at the moment. Lamar Jackson has been activated off the COVID list, so he has returned to practice. That is great news uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. In I mean, that's great news because you have your former MVP quarterback back on the field. But Ronnie Staley has come back, too, after going down in week one of last year, getting your best offensive lineman. Uh, that's going to be fantastic news, both for Lamar, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and even the passing game. It feels like a lot of people are down on Mark Andrews at the moment just because he had so many drops last season. And he's being you know, drafted well behind Kyle Pitts around the T.J. Hawkinson range at the moment. And that seems fair. It seems like he's a cut behind. And also, Darren Waller right now uh, has hasn't practiced in a while and we don't really know why so i'm getting kind of i'm not getting kind of iffy i want to see what the actual news is on him first they might just be like hey darren you're our guy we need to let these other guys we need the legend brian edwards to start making some highlight reel catches so we can post it to twitter and everyone drafts him in fantasy right now i'm still not concerned about darren waller but the radar is on for him, so just keep an eye on what his injury status, and of course, we'll have updates on this on Mayo Media Network. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, by the way, but back to the Ravens. So great news for the running backs, great news for Lamar that he's coming back right now, but the biggest one is Marquise Brown. It's been nine days since he has practiced, and this is one of the ones that we gave out. So you can see Marquise Brown's over-under receiving yards for the year on prospects, 800.5. That still feels really high to me. I think that's going to be an under. So that's one of the unders I actually do like. It's nothing new, but he has been conditioning on the signs. Reports are that he is looking okay, that he's you know at least running. But these soft tissue injuries this early in the year for someone that you know has dealt with some injury issues over the course of his career, I don't love it. Rashad Bateman missed some time last week, but he has returned to practice on Monday. So I'd expect to see, I mean, if Hollywood Brown's not back by the end of the week, then the hamstring recovery isn't going all that well. And that's something that's just going to linger. It's like the Kenny Galladay situation where that's just going to linger into the season. Uh, you can see I kind of did a big thing with Pete Overzet uh, last Friday about the Dolphins receiving core. Devontae Parker has returned. Will Fuller is still not back at Dolphins practice, by the way. So I continue to monitor his status. Not that he's going to play in week one anyway, but if Devontae Parker is back, he could be looking good here in this situation. So I kind of like him. I don't know if I like the over 810. That feels like if I do like him, he would have to go under. That's a loftier total than you might think. Well, considering Cole Beasley's at 795, and that probably sounds more like an under on prize picks. The Parker one, I want to get more. The Fuller one at 875.5, and he's already not practicing. He's going to be suspended for at least one more game. And then you still have the enigma that is Tua. Is he really 
going to take this huge leap forward? I don't know. Who knows when it comes to to Will Fuller and Tua so far this season. Jalen Waddle's really been the one standout, and he had missed time previously. So there's just a lot of, confl- not necessarily conflicting, just a lot of information coming out of Dolphins camp right now. So I'm going to take a pass on the Parker over-under for the Miami receivers. But I think the Fuller one on the under could be looking pretty good. Now watch him go out and torch me for like three 200-yard games and the five that he plays this year. But either way, I, I think on average is you're probably looking at a decent situation. Curious to see Marvin Jones up here. We have some Jags news that DJ Chark broke his finger and had surgery over the weekend. He's expected to be ready by week one, but you're not going to see a whole lot of practice for him, which leaves Chenault and Marvin Jones as the primary two. I had my wide receiver ranking show with Mike Leone dropping on Tuesday morning on the Pat Mayo Experience feed, uh, and we actually have you know a pretty good debate about Marvin Jones versus Chenault and that entire Jag situation. Now, this would presumably lead to more work for Chanel on the outside, at least during training camp, because of DJ Chark's limited nature in terms of the receiving game. That's still going to be Chark's job once he's healthy enough to take it. And I do think that Marvin Jones has won the job on the outside. So that means that either they're going to play with two slot receivers, because Travis Etienne is someone that is going to play a lot out of the slot with James Robinson in the backfield. It doesn't leave a lot of room for Chanel. I like this over on 825 for Marvin Jones. I like Marvin Jones a lot this year he is someone that is being underdrafted at the moment he's no lock obviously but he's an excellent receiver he is familiar with the new offensive coordinator I mean they both come over from Detroit so he's gonna be very familiar with this offense it's gonna limit DJ Chark as well there's a brand new head coach a brand new offensive coordinator in the mix and he's just not getting those reps and you can see that happening for a lot of players it's very akin to the Curtis Samuel situation right now in Washington where you know he's going to a new team there's a brand new quarterback and what we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick do over the course of probably geez whether it be Demarius Thomas uh, whether it be Eric Decker whether it be Devontae Parker that he kind of hones in Mike Evans when he was in Tampa Bay that he hones in on one guy and just force feeds him the ball so if we we think about receiving yards uh, Curtis Samuel off the COVID list, but still on the pup list because of a groin injury. He's getting no reps with his new quarterback. I think that is terrifying for anyone on a new team. So he's just been essentially placed on the avoid list for me at the moment, at least until there's some semblance. There's no timetable on his return at the moment, but Terry McLaurin, you know, 1180.5 and his prize picks over under for receiving yards for the year seems pretty high. I think he crushes that. When I went through the wide receiver rankings uh, and the overall, I have Terry McLaurin at player number 21 overall. That's ahead of A.J. Brown. That's ahead of C.D. Lamb and Keenan Allen. That's just one spot behind Allen Robinson. That places him firmly inside the top eight in my wide receiver rankings for the season. And a lot of that just has to do with lack of other options. Like, what are we doing here? Logan Thomas should benefit and like the Sims brothers or Kelvin Harmon. Like, are we really concerned about these guys? And just look at the two guys back to back. So AJ Brown and Julio Jones did not practice on Monday. No reason was given at this point. Hey, there's Darren Waller's 11, 10, 50.5. I mean, if you get some word that, yeah, he's not going to be playing right away or he's going to be limited, smash the under on prize picks for that. But I like the over on Terry McLaurin and the AJ Brown one is, is tricky 
only because I don't think there's anything wrong with him. He'll be playing, but you have this new split situation. You have a new offensive coordinator. Are they going to be as efficient? Derek Brown and I, if you hit Mayo Media Network right now, it's a Sunday show. We broke down all the new coordinators for this season, new head coaches, new coordinators, and how that is going to affect the offensive systems of a lot of these teams. And losing Arthur Smith is going to be a big deal for the Tennessee Titans. Even though they were a team that loved to run on first down all the time, they were highly efficient in their play-action passing game. But now they've brought in... uh, Corey Davis had a huge year last year, and if Julio just replicates what Corey Davis did a year ago, then all things are going to be fine in Tennessee. And it's looking, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, like that division is theirs for the taking at the moment. But if there is, you know, he, he played last year through essentially a broken foot. So we can't question his toughness and ability to stay on the field. That's, you know, a huge bonus. That's a narrative that... Listen, I buy into in fantasy football. I know stat heads will tell you that it's absolutely moronic to do things like that, but this is the situation that I'm in. If I know that he's going to play through injury and still be effective in doing that, I like it. But again, if you just put them side by side, McLaurin, who also played through injury last year, now has a better quarterback and is the primary focal point of his team's passing offense, where it could be Julio instead of A.J. Brown. That's in the range of outcomes for what can happen in this situation. I really like McLaurin's over in this spot. 1180. Uh, He could be in the running to be wide receiver like the top four in receiver i have are Devonte adams tyree kill uh stefan diggs and calvin ridley those are my top four i think they're on a tier by their own then deandre hopkins kicks off the next tier but mclaurin is firmly in there with Allen robinson this Allen robinson 1090 over under is pretty good as well so you take the Allen robinson terry mclaurin over under maybe that marquise brown under now we're in a spot where you get five times a payout for that on prizepicks.com. If you want to play some preseason over-unders, I think those are some pretty good ones at the high end to go target if you want to. Let's stick right here and get to some news that feels like such old news at this point. But now i gotta, now I got to find him on this list. It looks like his over-under has dropped a little bit. Maybe that's going to be good news for us, or he has just been taken off the board. No, he has been taken off the board. Justin Jefferson hurt his shoulder in practice last Friday. It's an AC joint sprain, yet the type of the AC joint sprain has not been revealed yet. If it's a type one, he'll probably be ready for week one of the season. If it's a type two, then we're probably going to see him miss at least a week, maybe two as he rehabs that. If it's a severe one and basically the shoulder is out of, like there's like a break in his shoulder, yeah, he's going to be a while. He's like essentially like not playing this year, at least not playing half the year. So once we get the results of the MRI and they make those public to us, then we're in a bit of a different situation when it comes down to it. But But I would be slightly worried. They say it's not that serious, and I'm inclined to believe them at this point. However, Tim Andercus has thrown his support behind the Minnesota Vikings this season, so I would just expect worst-case scenario for anything that's going on with them. Looking at the depth chart behind him, um, here's the the Adam Thielen over-under. It's 990.5 receiving yards. Nah, that's a bit dicey to me. I, that's more of a stay away than anything else. But in terms of like target share and receptions, what is his receiving touchdown total? Where's Adam Thielen? Eight and a half receiving touchdowns. I mean, like Devontae Adams, there are very, Adam Thielen is one of the few receivers that gets legitimate plays run for him in the red zone. Yes, he overachieves in terms of touchdowns, and that will eventually swing itself the other way some season, but I don't know if this is going to be the season, especially if Justin Jefferson is going to begin the year as a limited option. Maybe that's not going to be the case. Again, we need the information on that, but Chad Beebe right now is expected to be the wide receiver too if Justin Jefferson has to miss time. BC Johnson is already out for the season. Maybe that means they play 
play some more 12 personnel and you see Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin on the field at the same time. But we know Thielen is going to be out there close to 100% of the snaps. You just have to hope that Del... Dalvin Cook doesn't get every single touch from inside the 10-yard line, which they have not shown the propensity to do over the entire time that Mike Zimmer has been the coach. And it's not like when we spoke about their offensive coordinator switch, go from Kubiak to Kubiak, it seems like they might be somewhat on the same page in how their scheme works. So I would expect, instead of the yardage shuttle, if you did want to target Adam Thielen, if this Jefferson news is worse than we expected, I think the over on eight and a half touchdowns on prize picks is likely a better scenario than the receiving one. I'm still... I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on that right now, but I did hear the Justin Jefferson news that he had like a type two AC joint sprain, then I probably would hit the over on the Adam Thielen eight and a half. Yes, he'll draw better coverage, obviously, which is not great news. But again, with these pick plays that they can run inside the red zone, um, no one really thinks of him as a great receiving red zone option only because he's so little, but they run these plays for him. He gets himself open, so... Once again, we will be doing the preseason NFL over-unders and DraftKings picks on Wednesday evening for the Thursday games. Might even touch on the Friday games on Thursday evening as well on another show on fantasy football picks and bets. We're ramping up before we go full-time into the season, but Joe Burrow is not playing in week one of the preseason, so you can just cross him right off the list. Is it Finlay? Is he still the guy who's the back? I don't even know the hell the backup. To put it this way, it's like that Peyton Manning, Tom Moore quote where, you know, let's not even worry about the backups. If Joe Burrow doesn't play, they're probably fucked for the season. But he is on pace and on track rehabilitation-wise to play in week one, and I'm still very bullish on what is going to happen in that offense this season. If we just take a look, I still think he's going to throw the ball more times than anyone else in football, and look how far we have to go down to Jamar Chase. Yeah, 10, 25. I mean, I haven't projected more than that, but I'm very lofty on his prospects coming into the season, but you see Jamar Chase, 10, 25. T. Higgins, 10, 50.5. Where does that leave Tyler Boyd? Boyd might actually be the play here. Where's where's old Tyler Boyd? 825.5. So you have three receivers, basically on average, like 950 receiving yards. I mean, when we run the projections on runthesims.com, you're going to see them all come out near that near that number. Where's the Joe Burrow passing prop? That's got to be high. Passing yards, Joe Burrow. He's not in the top four. He's not in the top eight. I mean, if you have two guys over 1,000 and another guy at 900 and the over-under for his passing yards for the season is 4,200.5, that seems like a huge over to me. You can even throw that on with the other ones. So go over 40... 4,200.5 passing yards for Joe Burrow this season. Now, fortunately, it's not that big of a worry that he's not going to play in week one of the preseason. As long as he's ready for week one of the season, which he is on track to do, I think we're good to go. Hunter Henry left Patriots practice Monday morning uh, and will get an MRI on his shoulder. No word on how serious this is as of yet, although this would propel up Jonu Smith. Probably not very, it's like super high in the tight end rankings. But if you go check the rankings right now, I have both of them right around. I actually like Jonu a little bit more. But we've seen Hunter Henry be banged up over the course of his career. He'll come out, look amazing, then get hurt, and then, then we're in a whole situation. So it really depends on what the MRI reveals. He could be absolutely fine, and this isn't that big of a deal. But if you're doing drafts this weekend, I would pay attention to what those results are because Jonu would go, from like tight end 14, 15, 16 with the guy with upside essentially into that Dallas Goddard tier, into that Noah Fant tier, at least in my mind, that's where I will have him ranked in my updated rankings. You can check those out in the description of this video if that's something that you want to go into. Other news that we should get into, Dak Prescott and his shoulder strain had not thrown a ball since July 28th when he was dealing with his 
quote-unquote baseball injury. He's back throwing at practice, at least lightly. He did that on Saturday for the first time since the injury. So that's positive news for both Dak Prescott and all of the Cowboys receivers and offense, which we just love drafting so far this season. Here's something of uh, relative concern, I think, at least in my mind. James Conner underwent turf toe surgery in the offseason. He's not really practicing at all as of yet, but it seemed like he would be on pace to play uh, going into the season. So right now on prize picks, his over-under is 595.5 rushing yards. Okay. That seems like a really low total, doesn't it? I don't know. Because here's the thing. Judge Ito, Ito Smith, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, signed with the Arizona Cardinals this morning. I feel like that's bad news for James Conner. We know that they don't want Chase Edmonds taking the overall like full-time workhorse role, but he's probably going to be in the high end of the split with a lot of James Conner's work you know, coming between the tackles or inside the red zone should the time come. That's not going to lead to a lot of yardage by any means. There's not that much. It's not like he's breaking out 65-yard runs here. That's going to be you know, assumed for Kyler Murray and maybe Chase Edmonds on some sort. That's probably going to be like a passing play for him. But bringing in Ido Smith just leads me to believe that this injury might be a little bit worse or it's not as close to being fully healthy as maybe they thought when they signed him and it's just coming along a little bit slower. Maybe they're saving him in training camp so he's put up to the best of his abilities. But this is a guy who's been you know, a walking triage unit for essentially two and a half years, ever since he got that full-time role when Bell didn't play the season. But that was his big year. He's been effective when he plays as a workhorse for the Steelers, which is not a situation that he's in right now on the Cardinals. He's going to be in a split backfield, and he's okay on the bad end of the split in that backfield. But just signing another running back is worrisome for me for the overall health of James Conner. So once again, on the prizepicks.com, code MMM on your deposit if you want to play the 595.5 under on James Conner. This could be a situation before it actually gets taken off the board. I do like that over 600.5 on Gus Edwards. Lamar back, Staley back. He's in the bad back end, but they're going to run so much. I most definitely think he can hit that over. It'd be over on Gus Edwards. 600.5 rushing yards under James Conner. 595.5. Other... Bits of note, uh, unofficial depth charts were released. Nicole Hardman is the unofficial wide receiver, two in Kansas City. It's great news. The internet's going nuts. Oh, my God, Nicole Hardman season. I'm just not really on it whatsoever. I don't know if this is good or bad news for Mike Davis, but Donta Foreman, a guy who I once stashed on my bench thinking he would make a huge impact on the Houston Texans and didn't, and I kept on my bench for like 12 weeks. It was a ludicrous decision. Not that he was the last guy on my bench, but still, he provided absolutely no value to my team, but they've just signed him. Like, they're not going out to sign anyone who's any good. So Mike Davis still in the driver's seat. As much as no one wants to draft Mike Davis, no one thinks that Mike Davis is going to be good. Everyone thinks it's fool's gold, but looks at his situation and thinks, man, if he just gets like 20 touches a game, he's going to be an effective fantasy running back. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I have no faith that it's actually going to happen. The projections at runthesims.com actually do believe have him running back number 15 overall in half point PPR scoring going into the season. And I don't think that the Donta Foreman is moving the needle. It's, it's one thing where, you know, Ito Smith comes in. That could be to just get more reps on James Conner, who's not looking fully healthy. It's not like Donta Foreman's coming into... What is it? And, uh, frankly, it's probably bad news for like Quadre Olison of all people, not Mike Davis in this situation. So until they go out and sign someone legitimate or trade for someone, still not going to sweat Mike Davis all that much. More injury news from Seattle. Rashad Penny is out with a thigh injury right now. No big shocker there. Guy never plays. That leaves the same 
as last year. Chris Carson solidified in that role as the running back one. Hopefully, and he's going to he caught like three passes a game last year, which I think that people forget. He's a very effective fantasy running back when he's not fumbling or getting hurt, but you know, those are the chances that you have to take. His ADP is now drifting into the low 30s, even high 40s in a lot of spots, like an late third round pick, early fourth round pick. I know that's the dead range at running back that no one ever wants to go with, but I don't know. Let's see where Chris Carson is in terms of over-unders for the season. And 1,000.5 rushing yards, that actually sounds about right. So I'm probably going to stay away from that one. I was hoping it was going to be like 820.5, something like that. But as a fantasy asset this season, I think that's actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so it's Chris Carson, Travis Homer, and DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas on the depth chart right now until Rashad Penny does anything. But why would we expect him to do anything? Because he doesn't do anything, and he's never on the field. He's still not on the field, so don't worry about him. Chris Carson's locked and loaded as the running back one. Our projections at runthesims.com actually have him as running back number 10 overall over the course of 17 weeks in half-point PPR scoring, and he is going well below that in fantasy drafts so far. Last two bits of news. Michael Gallup is not expected to be extended by the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to let him play out the final part of his deal. You can spin that to think, oh, that means, you know, C.D. Lamb which is where he's being drafted. Oh, they're going to phase out Michael Gallup. Or you can spin it the other way and say that Michael Gallup is just going to be running into the ground since they don't expect to re-sign him. And it's not that they don't like Michael Gallup, it's just they legit have no money left in order to sign him, especially if they want to continue to bolster up their defense. You know, Dak signs a big deal. Zeke still owned a ton of money. Amari gets paid a ton of money. They're going to want to re-sign CD Lamb here in like two years. They're going to need to free up some cap space. It's not unlimited cap space, despite what they kind of make it seem like it is. So bad news for, I mean, someone's going to grab Michael Gallup next year and he's probably going to be pretty good. And, or if he has a bad year, maybe Dallas gets him back on a cheaper deal, but it doesn't seem like he is going to be extended from what he is up to right now. And if you do play in a league with kickers, Will Lutz uh, has a core muscle injury, could be out at least eight weeks. This is a new one for me. You, know, you think Dr. James Andrews and like, if, you know, it's like the kiss of death. If people, if you're a doctor in the sports medicine field and people know you by name, here's a new one for me. Dr. William Myers, the core muscle specialist. So that's a new one for me in terms of name dropping, in terms of doctors, but that's bad news. So don't draft Will Lutz. He is you know, a pro bowl kicker and being on the Saints this year, I think is going to be a little bit different than being on the Saints last year or even you know the previous five years when it comes to scoring. Maybe it could be a good thing if Jameis or, and or Taysom can work the ball down the field but can't convert, then you're going to look at a lot of field goal opportunities. But now we're looking at a situation where Michael Thomas is out indefinitely, it seems, probably until at least week eight. And now he's like crying a foul about his offseason surgery. The Saints are crying a foul on him that he did it poorly. It seems like he might not be back with the Saints at this point. So yeah, not a great situation for the Saints right now. It's going to check back in because, you know, stuff breaks every two seconds when it comes down to it. Let's see, nothing else? Nope. Uh, oh, it's funny because we were talking about the Ravens a little bit earlier. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, their center, walked off the field with a trainer in practice, but apparently, like, he's going to be okay. At least that is the initial read on the situation. So you get Staley back, you miss Bozeman. If they can get their offensive line healthy throughout the course of the year, you know, over props on everyone besides Hollywood Brown is probably where I'm going to be going with a lot of my prize picks. Once again, use code MMN at prizepicks.com if you want to get in on these over-under fantasy props. We'll be back with the prize picks and DraftKings picks on Wednesday evening with Cody Main, who won us the cash last week, both on prize picks and DraftKings. It was a double down. If you listen to how he capped the Hall of Fame game, it was legit unders and play them defenses. That was the move 
last week, and we'll see how it goes again this week when we have two more teams on the Thursday evening slate. Uh, or just use the link in the description, and you can get to prize picks that way as well. Remember to smash the like button for the video. Get in the giveaway for the Apple review. You can find all of that down in the description. Sub to Mayo Media Network while you're here as well. That was Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. We'll see you later in the week. Ah!